0: including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe.
1: You can register at com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show.
0: Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where mathematics is outable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we're here to suggest that mathematizing is not about mimicking or rote memorizing, but it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships. That math class can be less like it has been for so many of us and more like mathematicians working together. We answer the question, if not algorithms, then
1: what? In today's episode, ratio tables. I'm so excited, Pam. It is our favorite tool for solving multiplication and division problems, and our favorite model for building proportional reasoning and solving proportions.
0: We love ratio tables. Give us a high five and a a happy clap for ratio tables. Totally uh, love them as tools. So let's be clear. What is a ratio table? If you're like me and Kim, we never saw ratio tables as students, Mm -hmm. especially as tools for solving problems. They just didn't even exist. I dealt with a lot of problems in high school um, to do functions and functional relationships and all that. But what is a ratio table and why might we be interested in using it to mathematize multiplication and division problems? So a ratio table is a paired number table. But it's a special paired number table where all of the ratios are equivalent, where all of the entries form ratios and those ratios are equivalent. So what does that mean in layman's terms? For example, if I had, say, the scenario where I had 27 sticks of gum in a pack, we like gum, we chew gum, you can picture a pack of gum, it has 27 sticks random kind of in that pack, then I have 27 sticks of gum in a pack, I might have a table that says one pack to 27 sticks is equivalent to two packs would have double that 54 sticks of gum. And all of those succeeding ratios, like I might have 10 packs would have 270 sticks of gum. So it's the ratio of one to 27, two to 54, 10 to 270, could be 20 to 540. Like all of those ratios are equivalent. And if those ratios are equivalent, then that is a special paired number table that we call a ratio table. Mm-hmm. So you might find it interesting that um, a mathematician who works with illustrative math, uh, Bill McCollum, wrote a, uh, a fine blog post the other day called ratio tables are not elementary. Hmm. Which might lead you to believe that maybe we shouldn't use them in elementary school. However, we would actually agree with him that the way he describes a particular use of tables in grades three yeah, would go away and isn't particularly helpful for much. We would, we would agree with him in there. However, we conceive of ratio tables in the realm of multiplicative reasoning quite differently differently than just a list of, say, single-digit facts. So that could be a ratio table. I could have something that looks like 1 to 7, 2 to 14, 3 to 21, 4 to 28, Mm -hmm. and it could kind of be a list of what some people call multiplication tables. That would be like the table for sevens. That's a kind of limited use of ratio tables. But we offer an alternative view of how ratio tables can be used in developing and using multiplicative reasoning. I posit that ratio tables can be used first as organizers of information to model, represent a scenario or a situation. So if we have a situation like this pack and sticks of gum that we could literally say, Hey, let's sort of organize this information. We can mm-hmm. kind of put it in this table and it would represent that 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 pack to those sticks and different numbers of packs to sticks that always had, always represented one pack to 27 sticks. In in, in other words, anywhere in that table, every one of those packs had 27 sticks in it. That makes it a ratio table and we can sort of organize information. That's kind of the first way. But secondly, we can also use ratio tables as tools to represent strategies for multiplication and division. Mm -hmm. So as we develop alternative strategies with students and students are using relationships and connections to multiply and divide, we as teachers can come in and represent their thinking using ratio tables. Now, we can also represent their thinking using open arrays, the area model. We can also use equations. But one of the tools that is so powerful to represent their strategies, those relationships they're using for multiplication and division, is a ratio table. That is another way that we can represent the way they're thinking about solving multiplication and division problems. Third... Ratio tables can be used as actual tools for solving multiplication and division problems. Like they actually become the way that I begin to think multiplicatively to solve multiplication and division problems. They're actually tools to solve. So let me just say that again. One, they're kind of organizers of information. They sort of model the situation. They represent what's happening. And then we want to kind of move students. We want to help them transition to modeling their strategies, representing what they do, the relationships they use to solve problems. And then lastly, we want to transition students to actually use the ratio table as a tool to help them keep track of the relationships they're using, and they actually use it to help them solve multiplication and division problems. Now, we then could go to middle school and continue to have that go and then use that ratio table as um, the proportional tool that it is to solve proportions using proportional reasoning. But today, we kind of want to talk about how ratio tables could be used um, in these multiplication and division situations these multiplicative reasoning situations because as students begin to use ratio tables they learn to scale in tandem as i double the packs of gum i double the sticks of gum that i have as i multiply the packs of gum times 10 i multiply the number of sticks of gum times 10 that i'm sort of scaling in tandem and that act of scaling in tandem is leading toward this thing that they'll do
1: when they are solving proportions with non-unit rates. Right? So, okay, you just said a lot of really important things, and it's so funny because Going, going, going. it's actually a conversation that I or, you know, via text just had mm-hmm. with one of my son's uh teachers and said ah. it this is my favorite model um for multiplicative relationships. And so Let's break down some of what are you just what you just said. First of all, uh, unit and non-unit rates. As mm-hmm. a 3-5 teacher, that's something that we deal with all the time. Unit rate multiplication problems. Yep. So let me give you an example. If if we are talking about apples in a bag, we could have three apples in one bag. And the question could be how many uh, apples in four bags. So the that's rate, a typical, typical rate, multiplication question you'd run into in third grade. Sure. And so we could have students who who skip count, like you just mentioned, skip count up per bag. And that would look like one bag on your ratio table, one bag for three apples. And they could say two bags would be six apples, three bags, four bags up the ratio table. But we could also have students use that as a tool to represent their thinking. And they could have one bag for three apples or three apples for one bag. And then they could think about doubling and go Double the number of bags would be double the number of apples. So that on their ratio table, it would say two bags and six apples. And then if we're trying to figure out how many for four bags, then they could double again and say, now I have four bags and double the number of apples would be 12 apples.
0: In other words, they're not listing them all, right? Right. Like you could list them all, but then we want to encourage students to think in bigger chunks of numbers. And so they could go straight from the two bags to six apples to double that two and double the six. And then they right. have four for 12.
1: Nice. Right. So also they could have a problem like this. I've got, uh, let's say, 42 oranges and seven bags. How many uh, oranges go in each bag? The answer to this is also a rate, oranges per bag. And those Co- are kind of third grade numbers. For fourth and fifth, we'd up the ante a little bit, maybe include some decimals. Um, and that actually makes me think of a problem string that you do a lot. With 3.2 ounces per bottle, with a, of eye drops or whatever, with a variety of numbers of bottles. We just don't, as three, five teachers, stress the rate part of it. We just solve the problems. Yeah, but you absolutely
0: are dealing with rate problems. Absolutely. Sometimes I hear the argument, we should not use ratio tables in third, fourth, and fifth grade because students don't learn rates. And if you look at the Common Core State Standards, or often a lot of the state standards, don't have students really deal with rates until sixth grades. But we actually do a ton of problems in three, four, and five grades uh, uh, dealing with rates. We just, like you said, you don't stress the rate part of it. You just sort of solve the problems and off the kids go. Right. So what about uh, non-unit rates? So non-unit rates is sort of the land of the middle school. That's where I've got problems where I start with something like, Hey, I got a deal for you. Uh, You can get four slices of pizza for $5. And then you ask students to solve for different amounts of money for different numbers of slices of pizza. Or you might say, I'm in the bulk food aisle and uh, I happen to put 2.4 pounds of flour in a bag and they charged me $1.20. And then you could ask questions about different um, amounts of pounds of flour and different amounts of money and how much flour could you get for different amounts of money. Um, You could also ask questions like the ratio of the length of two sides of a triangle is three to five. So then can you find the missing side length of a similar triangle if you know a corresponding side length? All of those are non-unit rate problems. And and yes, we leave those non-unit rate problems for the middle school. We really let them dig into rates and the idea of unit and non-unit rates. We don't make a big deal of that in grades three, five, but In grades three, four, and five, we could use ratio tables to multiply and divide, actually as tools for helping kids think through multiplication and division problems.
1: Yeah, and not just single-digit facts. It's not just a table of multiplication facts. It's a powerful model that we use to actually do problems, to compute. want to give us an example? Absolutely. So sure. I could have the multiples of seven. That could be um,
0: one way to do that, but let's conceive of one pedagogical use of ratio tables. Okay. What if I were to give students um, a lot of different sort of starting numbers and ask them to find say one through 11 of that number. So I could have, I could say, Hey, you've got sevens Mm -hmm. go and create one through 11 sevens on that table. Go. And you've got eights and you've got nines. I might do sevens, eights, and nines because those are facts that students kind of, uh, they're harder for students. And so I might do those for some of the students that are kind of tripped up with those facts. But for other students in the class, I might say, you do 25s and you do 36s and you do 27s. Like I might give them some crazy numbers. And again, what they're doing is they're creating tables of 127, 227, 327, so um, not not a very interesting uh, table until... We line them up against each other. We got this idea from uh, investigations in data number and space where the kids made these different tables using different sort of um, rates. And they uh, created, like I said, one through 11, one through 12 of them. And then we began to compare. We started asking questions like, hey, what do you guys notice? What are all the twos? Oh, they're going to double. What are all the tens? Right. Whoa, there's this zero thing showing up everywhere. It gave us a chance to kind of talk about the times 10 thing as they start seeing what happens times 10 um, all over the place. And, and you might say, Pam, what if the kids like goof and they don't get, you know, like two, 27, the 10 of uh-huh, those 27s yeah. is 270. Well, when most of the tables in the room have the right. zero thing, then we could go, hmm, maybe we need to check out this table. Yeah. Like should, oh, sure enough, it should have been. You know, like, like we can kind of like find that pattern and we can kind of use it. We can also ask questions like, can I go from the two and the four? Like, is that always double? That's interesting. Hey, how's the five rep- uh, related to the 10? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just half. Every time that makes sense. So there's lots of ways we can find patterns just looking at those tables. So that's that's a fine way to do it. But we can also use ratio tables. Guys, this is our favorite way, Kim, yeah, right? Yep. As a tool to solve problems. Sure. So picture a problem like, let's do a specific example. 42 times 15. Y'all, mm-hmm. if you're driving right now, you might want to just turn it off for later. Or <laughs> or just do the best you can to picture stuff. And then maybe later, um, maybe write some stuff down on, on papers just to kind of keep track of what's going on. But if I was going to think about a problem like 42 times 15, could I conceive of that as 1542s? 1542s, right? right. Mm-hmm. So if I was going to think about it as 1542s, my ratio table might look like this. I might say, well, I'm going to start with 142. So 1 to 42. And I'm going to think about say, 15 of them. So I'm going to think about 10 of them. That gets me pretty far, right? That's an easy chunk to think about. So then my next entry in my table might be 10 to 420. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about 1042s. So then I've got 10 42s is 420. Then I might think about, well, I need 15 of them. So I still need five of them. Ooh, ooh, five is half a 10. So the next entry in my table might be five. Now, how am I going to find five 42s? Well, if I've already got 10 42s being 420, then five 42s would be half that. Is that 210? Kim, I'm doing this here. Is that yep. right? 210? <laughs> yeah. And so then I might add those together because now I've got 10. 42s being 420, and I've got 5 being 210, and I might add those together to get 15, 42s being 630. Yeah, because I've added those together. That's a way, thank you, that's a way of thinking about uh, 42 times 15. But if I may offer, I might have a student think about 15 times 42 and not be thinking about 42s at all. They might be thinking about 15s. Right. So well, let's see, how could I think about 42 15s? Well, if I'm thinking about 15s, that first entry in my ratio table could be one to 15, but I need 42 of them. So I think a first move I might make is two of them. You're like, two of them, are you crazy? Well, I'll watch where watch where I go with that. So if I've got two 15s, my next um, entry is two to 30, right? That's two 15s, but I need 42 of them. So I need 40 of them. Ooh, I wonder if I could get four from there. So then I might say, What's four 15? So four 15s, it's going to be 60. So, so far I've got one to 15, two to 30, four to 60. Bam! Now I can jump right to the 40 because now I can scale times 10. Once I have that four to 60, now I can think of 40 to 600 because I'm doing that nice times 10 thing. Well, remember, now if you're doing this in the air, hang on tight because I already had the two 15s is thirty. And now I have 40 15s is 600. I just add those together. And now I have 42 15s is that 630, which is 630. Right. Okay. So that might be kind of hard for you to hang into the air. But part of our point is it's so easy to read off of a ratio table. Those, uh, those relationships just, just jump out so clearly that's so um, the facility to do that is so easy for, for students to sort of keep track of the nice chunks that they're using if they're kind of thinking in these multiplicative relationships. All right. We mentioned earlier that we can use ratio tables for multiplication and division. So, Kim, I'm going to give you the division problem. You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for that. All right. right. So, what about uh, 192 divided by six now if you're listening to the podcast y'all pause solve that problem on your own a little bit well how do, were yeah. you thinking about 192 divided by six because that will help you sort of think about the relationships as kim kind of tells you what she's thinking about sure so then come on back come on back all right kim
1: okay 192 192 I want a pencil, six. but um I'm, I'm not sitting near one so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to picture in my head what i wish i had a, piz- a, a pencil and paper right because <laughs> because i'm drawing a ratio table in my mind um okay so you said 192 divided by six. So, so immediately I'm thinking that that means to me right now, how many sixes are there in 192? Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking my ratio table is going to look like one to six. So I'm going to start with what am I talking about? I'm talking about sixes. So one to six. And I'm thinking, um, that I'm going to go 10 sixes is 60 and I'm going to 192. So I've got one to six, 10, six is a 60. So 20, six is 120. Oh, actually scratch that. I, can I, can I take that <laughs> back? I'm going to go, I'm going to go from 10, six is a 60, and then I'm going to scale up times three. Okay. And I'm going to say 36 is, is 180. And at this point, I think I'm going to ask myself, how far away am I from my goal? So I'm at 180 and I know that I'm only 12 away from 192. And so I'm going to write down two sixes is 12. And so then on my ratio table in my mind, but on my ratio table, I would have one to six and then 10 to 60. 30 sixes is 180, two sixes is twelve. And I'm just gonna use the pieces that I actually need, which is thirty sixes is one eighty, and two more sixes is twelve. And that mm-hmm. makes uh thirty-two sixes to make 192.
0: so the last entry in your
1: table would be 32, 32 t- uh-huh. to 90 to 192. Yeah, Uh-huh. Nice, and nice, I don't, I don't excellent. Think you mentioned this, but I th- I think it's worth noting that we can put entries in our ratio table when it's a tool for us that we don't actually use at the very end to piece together for our our final product or our final quotient. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. So there's uh, there's there's uh, values that we might use. For example, mm-hmm. in my ratio table, when I was thinking about forty two fifteens, I found two. Fifteens was 30. So I had the ratio one to 15, two to 30, four to 60, 40 to 600. And then I only used the 40 and the two. I didn't use the four. The four was just sort of in there because it helped me to get to the 40. Right. So yeah, ratio tables are so handy because I can put a lot of different things in the ratio table to help me get where I need to go. And then I could just use the ones that I actually need to finish solving the problem. Very cool. Yeah. Hey, let me uh, take that 192 divided by six and do one other really cool thing with a ratio table because we can conceive of division two ways. And you just conceived of division quotatively because mm-hmm. you thought about how many sixes are in 192, but we can also think partitively about that. And we can think about 192 divided by six as 192 to six or the division. Like if I were to write it as a fraction, So 192 sort of with that division line kind of over the 6. And that's just so you kind of picture it in your minds. It's not a mathematical relationship, but 192, the the fraction, 192 sixths. And then I can actually use a ratio table to simplify that ratio. It's the ratio of 192 to 6, and I can simplify it. I might think about, well, I see, I can cut both of those in half. So if I cut 192 in half, that's 96. And if I cut six in half, that's three. So now I have two equivalent ratios. I've got one ninety-two to six is equivalent to ninety-six to three. And then I can think about what is ninety-six divided by three. Well, ninety divided by three is thirty, and six divided by three is two. So that's thirty-two. And we get the same. We get the same. So the 100, Excuse me, one hundred ninety-two divided by six is thirty-two. Two different ways that I could use a ratio table, two different ways we can conceive of that um, division problem, but both using this powerful tool as a ratio table to help us kind of think through the relationships that we're using. Woo! So, y'all, give me a multiplication or a division problem, and I'm going to use a ratio table as the tool Mm -hmm. to solve it. So, to be really clear, I don't know that we've said that yet on the podcast today, Neither Kim or I use kind of that traditional multiplication where you line them up and the magic Mm-mm. zero and all that stuff, nor do we use the long division algorithm where you do the housetop and the, I don't even know all those things, kids, brother, mm-hmm. sister, mother, father, and the does McDonald's sell cheeseburger. Yeah. Wow. All those crazy, so, something about monkeys smelling bad. There's all these crazy rhymes that teachers have made up rhymes or, or mnemonics that teachers have made up stories to help kids remember the steps of a long division algorithm because the long division algorithm is so hard to understand that nobody even tries to understand it. They just try to memorize the steps by using all these crazy things to memorize it. Or could we help kids think and use and use relationships By using a ratio table as that tool to help them keep track of their thinking. Um, I know there's the lucky seven out there that people use to represent uh, partial quotients. We would recommend instead ratio tables. Ratio tables don't force kids into crazy subtraction where they have to are sort of nudged into using the subtraction algorithm. Instead, they can still be thinking and reasoning using what they know, using the relationships they understand to solve those problems. All right. So if some of what we did today was a little hard to picture, totally, totally get it. We've got a download for you that we are going to keep, to, we're going to listen to this and we're going to like keep track of what we did and we'll put it on paper. And then you could re-listen to this podcast and kind of see uh, what we meant as we were kind of using, what, what does a ratio table even look like? Yeah. But we'll give you some examples on that. So check out the show notes to download that. Um, and we'll totally give you that link where you can uh, look at what ratio tables
1: actually look like, because we know we were doing that in the air. Perfect. If you want to know more about this amazing tool that we love so much, we would love to invite you to check out the Facebook lives and webinar that Pam's going to be hosting later this month. And if you're listening to this after those, you can check out her YouTube channel, Figuring Math, and find those uh, lives and webinar.
0: Yeah, we're going to be doing four Facebook Lives and a webinar that we will repeat. You're going to want to register for that webinar and check out the Facebook Lives. It's going to be a lot of fun where we're going to really get down and dirty and lots of examples for the super cool tool we call a ratio table. Uh, remember to join us on uh, Mass Strat Chat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Wednesday Eves where we explore problems with the world and you will see ratio tables solving, multiplication, division, and proportional reasoning problems. So if you're interested to learn more math and you want to help your students and develop as mathematicians, then don't miss the Math is outable podcast because math is outable Thank you for listening and making math more outable. To
1: learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central.
0: Math, teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.